This is Canada Reads American Style, featuring two friends who love Canada Reads and Canadian literature. Welcome our host Rebecca from Michigan and Tara from Ontario. Hi everyone, it is Rebecca and Tara. And as you might remember, um, a little while ago, we met up in Sarnia, Ontario at The Bookkeeper, which is a wonderful independent bookstore just across the border from uh, Michigan. And we got to talk with Anne and Laura, who work there, and we said to them, would you like to be on the podcast? And they both said yes. So today we have Anne from The Bookkeeper. She has been there just under two years. And, you know, she told me something that we're going to have to ask her about because I don't even know what this, I mean, I know what it means, but I don't know what this is exactly. She said she likes books that have a Spotify playlist mm. attached to them. So well, first, welcome, Anne. And then can you tell us right off the bat, I want to know about the Spotify playlist. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks so much for having me on. <laughs> so the Spotify playlist I came across it. It's in one of the, in one of the books that I'm going to talk about today Mm. was the first one. I was like, Oh, that's a good idea. And then I've come across it in other books as well. And it, sometimes the author creates them for the books. Mm. Sometimes fans of the books go and create a Spotify playlist that goes with the book in their opinion kind of thing. And I love those as well. And I have to say one embarrassing thing after I did talk to you about that. I Googled it. I thought, well, let's look up some more. And I found one that was 110 of the top books with Spotify playlists linked to them. Wow. 103 of them are erotica. (laughs) (laughs) So then I was mortified that I'd said that to you. (laughs) Okay, because my question was going to be, when are you listening to this? Are you listening to it while you're reading the book or like doing like chores or something? But if it's an erotica book, I kind of know what you're doing while you're listening to the play. <laughs> but let's forget about the erotica books. <laughs> oh, so are you like, do you listen to the playlist while you're doing something just to when you're not reading, but just to like kind of bring you back to the headspace of the book? both sometimes so like actually I don't know if you use Spotify or not but at the end of the year they do their Spotify wrapped Mm -hmm. this year's Spotify wrapped my number one played song was one that I had on repeat for the whole last probably third of one of the books that I'm going to talk about today so as a result it ended up as number one on my Spotify what song can you tell us the song now or will that spoil the book no it won't spoil anything yeah it was um a song by Sleater Kinney called One More Hour Mm. okay (laughs) interesting and I'm not bringing an erotica book today okay dang it (laughs) (laughs) spoiler (laughs) all right so go ahead Anne and let us know uh oh so I should say I should have mentioned at the top which I kind of forgot this is officially our book chat number six but we wanted Anne to join us because we figured she might have some really interesting titles to share since she works in a bookstore so Anne what's your first title you'd like to share with everybody first one I wanted to share is uh it's called Last Chance Texaco Chronicles of an American Troubadour which is an autobiography by Ricky Lee Jones and I'm not, I wouldn't have said I was an autobiography reader before reading this one. And, and not because for any real reason other than um, 
I, it, I feel like I feel pretty strongly about never meet your heroes. So I kind of feel like an autobiography might, might wreck everything for me, my little bubble that I have <laughs> of people that I love. Um, but because I love Ricky Lee Jones's music so much and she's just such a surprising and interesting and sneaky <laughs> kind of writer and poetic, I thought, well, maybe a book written by her would be, I'd, I'd break my rule. <laughs> I'd give it a go. <laughs> and I, it didn't disappoint. It was amazing. Oh, good. Did it cover like her from her childhood up to current or what time period did it cover? Birth till now. Oh. She lived a life in her teenage years <laughs> that, yeah, was, um, yeah, she um, ran away from home a lot and it was the 60s. And she ended up on the west coast of the U.S., traveling up and down California with folks that maybe didn't always have her best interest in heart at heart. <laughs> so then for the playlist, was there a playlist with this book or did you just kind of... I didn't look up a playlist for this yeah. book. I just had, I did have music of hers. I go, oh, I forgot about that song. And I yeah. put it on. Or like musical influences she had. I would go, oh, I never thought of that. And I would put that on while I was listening. It drives my husband nuts. Um, <laughs> when are you cool going to finish that book? And then I reread, <laughs> <laughs> I reread it before this because I thought it was a long time ago when I read that. So I reread it yeah. before um, this last week and it was driving my husband nuts again. But I do have to say in terms of not meeting your heroes, she had a relationship with, another musician who is a hero of mine and he doesn't come off very well in this but Tom Waits so he oh. there's a few red flags there anyways yeah. that I kind of knew about but at the end I was like oh oh Ricky Lee <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> but anyways mostly it ended up I didn't ruin my heroes for me <laughs> have you read more autobiographies of musicians or memoirs of musicians as a result? I have not. I, before this one, my, well, my son's going to listen to this. I'm going to feel bad about this, but my son gave me one because it so of Lenny Kravitz, mm -hmm. because we bonded, we all bonded over loving Lenny Kravitz as um, one of the care, our favorite characters in the Hunger Games. He played Cinna. Oh yes. Yeah. So he got me that biography, uh, autobiography. And that one, I don't want to say anything bad. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you've said a lot. Just yes, sorry. <laughs> oh, no. And now I feel bad that I didn't tell my no. that. I didn't tell him that. I was like, I didn't actually end up liking it. But anyways, but I just love the way Ricky Lee Jones puts a phrase together or she just tricks you sometimes. And I just thought, okay, it's worth another go. Well, I just want to say... I don't know if you heard our podcast a while back, but I read, I love, I always loved Paul Newman. I read his autobiography and now oh. I don't like Paul Newman. So <laughs> I think you, I agree. You have to be really careful about reading about your heroes. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I think, yeah, I think it's rarefied air because I don't, I'll, it would have to be someone that like Rick, Ricky Lee Jones where I would go, okay. I And I was really, and when I started it, I was like, I'm only going to give, I'll give it like 50 pages. And like the first two pages, I was like, okay, I'm in. <laughs> Away I go. 
And the interesting thing I thought reading it the first time through, it's kind it was sort of like it kind of washes over you. <laughs> She's mm-hmm. had a big life. And um, then when I was reading it and I was like, oh, it didn't ruin my hero. Oh. And then the second time through, I was like, because a few times, like many times through the book, she's like, so I was crashing on this person's couch and then they kicked me out. And then I was on the street and then I was, I was crashing at this person's house and then they asked me to leave. And then I was like, oh, she's actually not a good house guest. (laughs) But the first time through, I was like, wow, she's got so many friends. (laughs) The second time through, I was like, huh. (laughs) but I was still charmed. So nice. So my first book that I'm bringing to our book chat tonight is also a nonfiction. Oh, and about a woman too. But I'm going to tell you both, well, not just both, everyone to get ready to meet like your new feminist hero, because Mm -hmm. this book's amazing. I think I've mentioned it to you, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. And I think you should read it. So, and it is called The Woman They Could Not Silence by Kate Moore. And it is about, her name is Elizabeth Packard in 1860 in Illinois, who is, uh, does not make her husband happy. She speaks her mind freely. She does not agree with his religious beliefs, has beliefs of her own. And he puts her in an insane asylum. And I, it's bonkers crazy because it goes through the the history of it and in the U.S. like and and I'm sure it was in Canada too but this is obviously it's just focused on the U.S. and it is her fight to get out of the asylum and to change legislation it is she's amazing she is a powerhouse I love her love her that's really fascinating and so was she like in she wasn't in Chicago area, was she? Or was she yes. more in a rural? Oh, so she um, was in the city she, or rural? Oh, sorry. She was in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. I think that's Illinois, right? Uh, yes. Jacksonville, Illinois. That yes. must be a small town. Yeah. Yes. And she ends up going to Chicago later in life. Okay. But uh, the asylum itself is in Jacksonville. And she was just outside Jacksonville. So, yes, a small town. All right. Yeah. I think that one sounds really good. I mean, I, that's oh, already yeah. on my list. I did put it on my list after you talked about it before to me. So yeah, definitely. Oh yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's, she just, there is no stopping her. It's, that's all I can say. Cause I don't want to spoil anything. Okay. But I, I think you should all read it. Yeah. And what about your second book that you want to recommend? Uh, my second book came up on some weird algorithm. If you liked Last Chance Texaco, you might like. So I picked it up, and it's Love is a Mixtape by Rob Sheffield, which it's an older one, and probably most people have read it. But it was new to me, and it uh, again rocked my world. When you asked if it, uh, I'd read another biography about a musician, mm-hmm. I hadn't, but this was another memoir about someone adjacent to the music industry, and it, again, yeah, kind of rocked my world. Each... Have you heard of it before? No, I haven't. Who oh. is he? He's He writes for um, Rolling Stone and he's written for Spin. And I think he's a contributing editor for Rolling Stone now. Um, and he writes, yeah, about music and pop culture and, and whatnot. And um, so it's Love is a Mixtape, Life and Loss, One Song at a Time. And every chapter is uh, has at the very beginning of it, 
like a, a mixtape, if you remember mixtapes. Yeah, <laughs> like the, the cover tapes. of it where you'd write down the name of the song and the artist and you'd, yeah. you know, there'd be a title to your mixtape and stuff. So at the top of each chapter, there's a mixtape that he has from, like, so it's not a spoiler. He's, when he's very young, he gets married and he loses his wife suddenly. And it's just their time together. And it's through these mixtapes where he sort of anchors himself in times and places and uh, in his grief through these mixtapes. Um, and each chapter sort of touches on the mixtapes, but mostly, yeah, he just, it was like when I first started it, it was kind of like drinking from a fire hose. It was, <laughs> first, there was just so many, he was saying so many things that were making my brain go on fire that I thought I can't keep this up. So I don't know if I got used to it or it settled down partway through, but it was, uh, his writing really kind of rocked my world. It was really good. Yeah. And, and just having that link to music and, and he loved her from like the bottom of his heart. Her name is Renee. And just the love that he had for her was something to behold. And there's a theme, obviously. I realized that. (laughs) It's a new theme to me. It's a new theme to me. It's not entrenched, but I'm loving it. Like, so do you have, like, is music must be, it appears to be very important to you. Has it always been, or is it this just? I think it's always been. I, I was thinking about this. I had a boyfriend in high school who like would be like, I was like, remember when this happened? He'd say, what was I eating? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and I, and for me it was always like what were we listening to what song was on the radio when that was happening so yeah yeah, yeah. so cool. I think yeah it's always been there but I like again I'd been always avoided memoirs or like I loved high fidelity <laughs> yeah yeah I've not read a lot of like musically oriented books I had really yeah yeah Rebecca have you no, I don't think I have, but I do remember Love is a Mixtape and then The High Fidelity. I remember that. I didn't read either of those, but I know of those books. And I'm wondering, are you are you mostly a nonfiction reader or no. do you kind of read? Okay, so these kind of stood out for you. Yes. Because mm-hmm. that's not your norm, so to speak. Yeah, yeah not at okay. all. Yeah. And then did you... Uh, so when you started working at the bookkeeper, did you encounter these books there or did you already know about them or how long? Like, I was walking around when I found um, Last Chance Texaco. I was like one of my first, I hadn't been there very long. And I just, I was like sort of an extra person on staff because I was being trained and everybody was busy. So I thought, I'm just going to walk around and see all the things in the store. And I just, I saw that and I stopped dead and I was like, I'm, I'm going to read this now. <laughs> so yeah, wow. I grabbed, grabbed it and brought it home and, and the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, like then the, the, whatever algorithm, I can't remember what it was, but said, if you like this, you might like this. Took oh, yeah. me to love is a next tape and mm-hmm. uh, Rob Sheffield. And I've since gone down a Rob Sheffield rabbit hole as well. That's cool. I like I like when that happens. Yeah. Because it's yeah. not something you're expecting. And I'm a real mood reader. So that's exactly the kind of thing I might do. I, I start here, but then that something else catches my eye, even though I might have other things lined up to read. Yeah. I'm a real mood reader and it and it's kind of whatever's in the moment. So yeah. Cool. How about you, Rebecca? Do you have a book to bring tonight? I'm gonna reach and get it. Yep. 
So I've had some real challenges in my family in the in the past so many weeks since our book chat number five. So I have, haven't, I've, blah. the only thing I've been actually reading are picture books because my mind just needs to be in a very simple place. But uh, I think I might have mentioned this. I'm um, not sure if I, we talked about this, but I'm reading a poetry book. Oh. Yeah. And so I read a little bit every day. I try to, you know, read some poems and it is Mary Oliver and it is devotions, the selected poems of Mary Oliver. And the reason I'm doing this is because I really do have a gap in poetry for myself. And every time somebody posts a Mary Oliver poem, like on their Instagram stories, Mm -hmm. I just almost always love them. And then I said, you know what? I think Mary Oliver is a really good person for me to start with. If I'm going to try and really get into this. And it's funny because I'm, I think in the very beginning, they mentioned, and I'm going to try to get to this really quick. Sorry, we might have to edit this part out. Oh, no, I don't know. Oh, I know what it was. I read it. I just, just kind of Googled her. And they said something about she's like the most popular poet, like in the United States or whatever. I can't remember. And so obviously her poetry is really accessible. So I'm really enjoying it. She's very much about writing about the natural world. And she grew up in Ohio where she was, you know, kind of grew up in an area, you know, uh, not overcrowded with people and and buildings and that type of thing, I think. And then she lived in the New England and she just loved, they said a lot of her poetry she wrote when she was walking. So she literally said that she would leave pencils in the trees so that when she was walking, if she had a an epiphany of some sort, she could just take a pencil that she had put in a tree and write down. She always carried a little book with her and then she would just write it down. And I thought, what it, I just love the visual of that, of her walking around in the woods and then just finding a a pencil she had planted. I love that. So yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of what I'm reading right now. Nice. A little bit at a time, of course. Yeah. yeah. I've been meaning to pick up a Mary Oliver book because I haven't read any of her stuff either. It's hard to keep on the shelf at the bookkeeper. Oh, is it? Yeah. Big seller? Especially that one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I, I saw it at the bookkeeper when we were there and I actually picked it up and I was going to buy it. And then I said to myself, you already have purchased this many. So you have to put that one back. <laughs> so I bought it here at home. But anyway, <laughs> but I did see it there. <laughs> and do you sell a lot of poetry? No, not. Well, it's, so we all have a section that we're in charge of, and, and okay. I'm in charge of poetry. Yeah. Um, and it's it's the, the ones you'd expect that go. Mary Oliver, uh, mm-hmm. Rumi, there's a Margaret At one, Atwood one, and then the classics, and Instagram poets. Okay. Um, yeah, those are, yeah. Who's next? Who's next? Is it me? Yes, I think or you the, are. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to bring, it's called Enter the Body by Joy McCullough, and it is, oh, actually, it's poetry, Rebecca. I just kind of, it's poetry and it's Shakespeare, which sounds really kind of like, but it's really good. (laughs) (laughs) So it is almost like a retelling of Shakespeare's most iconic heroines. So you have like Ophelia and Cordelia and Juliet, of course, and there was a new one to me, Lavinia. My Shakespeare is weak. It was not always my strong point in school, I have to admit. So uh, Lavinia, I was not familiar with, but I searched out her story. And anyways, 
the premise of it is, is that these heroines, of course, each night they relive their trauma on the stage for an audience. And then they disappear. They're down below the stage. And it's in when they're below the stage that they share their trauma with each other and their stories. And through that, they kind of reclaim their trauma. It is super cool. And it's told uh, like narrative poetry but there are it's interspersed with some conversation uh short conversations between the characters which were my favorite part when you have like Juliet and Cordelia just yelling at each other to shut up and (laughs) why would you kiss him and so you know I just (laughs) so it's it's a fun book but it's also very thought-provoking it's it's uh I really enjoyed it Really enjoyed it. And I want to know, was that one that was on your original TBR or was that one that you bought in the past year? And how in the world, where did you encounter that one? Because it sounds fabulous. Yes. I actually, this one came from Penguin Random House. So I'm in this um, program with Penguin Random House in Canada. I think it's called Penguin Reads. And you sign up for it. And then seasonally, so four times a year, they send you a list of their new releases or what are going to be coming out in the upcoming season. And I can choose three. I get to put in three selections. I, it does not guarantee that I'm going to get the books that I select. But, you know, you put it out there and you cross your fingers that you get something. And this was one that I received for this past uh, spring, actually. I think it was just published on March 14th. So that's how I got it. Yeah. And then my other question about that is yeah. who, so I read a number of things because I had a Shakespeare class in high school. So we read a, mm-hmm. a number of things. I don't remember all of them, obviously, but who's Lavinia? Because I don't think I know that name. Which oh, one did yes. she come from? Okay. I can, I cannot remember which play it was. I apologize for that. I should have written that down for her. But she is a character who ends up, oh, I cannot remember for what reason, but she because she is sexually assaulted by two men who are then afraid that she's going to tell on them so they cut out her tongue and Ooh. chop off her hands okay. which is yes yeah which is why she's actually silent throughout the book like when you do get glimpses of her it's uh through her actions like how she where she moves and under the stage and how she may react to what the other characters are saying, but she herself does not speak. I looked it up. It, it yeah. was Titus, Titus Andronicus. Yeah. That was the play. Okay. Because I, I have never read that one. So the name was not familiar. So mm-hmm. what is, what a story though. Yikes. I know. Ooh. I know. I read that. I'm like, Oh, Oh, thank God. I, I don't know if I did it in, I took a Shakespeare class in, university which I barely passed sorry mom but I did not do well in that class but uh I don't think I read that one either but anyways great book I really enjoyed it can you stop adding things to my to be read yes well, same to you help oh, help uh my uh third one so we are yeah like we're all in charge of different sections and I swapped with Laura. I had true crime and I swapped mm-hmm. with her. She had graphic novels and manga. So I have graphic novels and manga now. And I never, I read some graphic novels, but I'd never read any manga. So I grabbed a manga to read and I grabbed it because of its title. It was, it's 
shocking. It's I want to eat your pancreas. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, which sounds like it's a horror, but it's not. It's like a YA friendship arc. Oh. Yeah, it's lovely. It's just so lovely. It And I have to say, it took me forever. It's like a muscle you have to... It wasn't even atrophied. I didn't even have the muscle to read mm-hmm. right to left. Um, so I had to develop this skill to read that way. But anyway, so it took forever, but it was so worth it. The main character dies again, but <laughs> she has um, a terminal illness related to her pancreas. And I guess in Chinese medicine, I'm not sure. I can't remember now, but that where you you ingest something that's the same as what your illness is. So it's the first words she says to the other hero of the story. She says, I want to eat your pancreas. And then she explains, because she's got this terminal pancreatic illness. Anyways, which sounds sounds terrible, but it's be- it's a beautiful, beautiful friendship story between um, this boy and girl. And um, he's super shy and not very outgoing. And uh, she's exceedingly outgoing and they get something from each other she he knows about her illness so she can have her dark humor and bucket list and be honest with him and he she's always encouraging him to live his life and it's it was just more than I expected I expected it was going to be weird and I wasn't going to understand it and I thought it was (laughs) I thought I was too old to read something like this and I was so surprised and it was just such a lovely book and there's a serious twist and how many volumes is it? Because I know usually in manga, it's like multiple, multiple, I think multiple. this one is three, um, oh. all in one, though. Um, mm-hmm. The complete manga collection that comes all together. And it was apparently, and I've still, I started reading it. It was apparently a novel first. And then it got turned into a, a graphic. So I'm reading the novel as well. And it's saying it, it holds up both genres. It holds up beautifully. Yeah. So let me ask you, since we're just a little bit past Canada Reads. How did you, did you read Ducks? Did you enjoy Ducks? And, and were you, how did you feel about it winning the competition? I did read Ducks. It was, we, every, we had a, each of us did a little blurb on, on our social media about a book and Ducks was the one I did a blurb for. And I thought, I know that um, not everyone loves the, uh, the themes, uh, but I thought it was, a good one that matched the theme very well. And um, the I, everyone talked about those four black squares. Mm-hmm. That was powerful. But I also found the, the idea of the ducks and the tar and the all of that pretty yeah. powerful. And Matea did an amazing job. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. so like, how do you talk about someone else's story like that? And just the way she, she presented it was amazing. So you will continue to read graphic novels and manga and everything now that you're kind of in charge of that section uh yep absolutely I read on your suggestion I read stitches (gasps) oh what did you think you're the first person I know that read it yay yes I loved it and I was someone else at the store Kendra she loves like like the sadder the book the better and she's like oh I don't know about that one so then I read her what it was about she goes oh I'll get that I'll read that after you (laughs) (laughs) and it just broke my heart yeah. just broke my heart that like the way yeah they waited yeah, don't get yeah and don't yeah. give it away too because I, I always tell people when you read it 
don't read too much about what it's about because to me it's the it's when you deter when you discover what was happening yeah that to me is the most powerful that's one of the most powerful reads I've ever had and it was a graphic novel I was was not expecting it yeah and so I just thought it was so brilliant and I yeah. it's it's in my top five of graphic novels. I, uh, yeah, just... I really appreciated that recommendation. Thank you Yay, so much. Yay. Well, great. Oh my gosh. No one ever reads what I recommend. So I'm so excited. <laughs> Same here. <laughs> I guess I should have told you that before I came on. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's okay. I'm, I'm, it's nice to learn it on air and be able to be all excited on air. That's so cool. Well, I'm so glad about that. So Tara, anything else you want to add before we... Yeah. Um, and what are you currently reading? I would love to know what oh, you're yeah. currently reading. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> so I keep picking up and putting down a Rob Sheffield yeah. book called Turnaround Bright Eyes because it feels like it's too soon because it's about his current partner. And I was like, but in my mind, Renee has passed away and I can't. It sounds like it's going to keep me entertained. It's about karaoke bars in New York. And I'm excited about that. But I'm also reading one called Coke Machine Glow and another one called We All Want Impossible Things by Catherine Newman. Hmm. Yeah. What was the, the first one you mentioned? I'm writing down the titles, so that's what oh, I'm keeping the track. the Rob Sheffield one? Yeah. Turn Around Bright Eyes. Turn Around Bright Eyes. But I, again, I've literally read, I keep reading about five pages and go, no, too soon. <laughs> <laughs> Because I really like, and so Renee from Love is a Mixtape is someone I, if, you know, if it was ever possible that I would, that would be a hero I would want to meet because she's so darn cool. <laughs> that's, that's I really cool. want to read that now. Yeah. Okay. So Tara, what are you reading? And then I'll tell you what I'm reading too. That's thank you for reminding us to oh, talk about that. Can. What are you reading now? I am currently just finishing up another Agatha Christie book. Oh, which yes. one? Yes. I, it is called Mystery of the blue train and I'm very close to finding out who the murderer oh, is. Yeah. Have I figured it out myself? No, but I'm about to read who it is. It's fun. I do. I always laugh about whenever I read a mystery, I suspect everyone. And by the Me end too. of the book, by the end of the book, I just tell people I figured it out because I, I I've always yeah. figured every one of them is guilty at some point, And I figured yeah. that counts. So I'm like, Oh, it's him. Oh no, maybe it's him. Oh, I think it could be her. No, I've been <laughs> I remember when, when I was reading, what was the one by Stephen Graham Jones? I read the one about the only good Indian or what? Oh that, yes. Yes. You went through the whole cycle. Yeah. Oh, it was hilarious because I told <laughs> yeah. you right in the very beginning, I was like, I think this is what happens. And you said, I'm not saying anything, just keep reading. And then I was like, oh yeah, that wasn't what I thought. So <laughs> it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't what happened. So yeah, that was pretty funny. So, well, that's actually good. Well, I have yeah. to tell you what I'm reading because it's kind of, I don't know when I discovered this book. It was published, I think last year in August. And so it just popped up on my, I had put it on a hold on my, uh, my tablet and it's called All the Living and the Dead. And it is about, it says a deeply compelling exploration of the death industry and the people, morticians, detectives, crime scene cleaners, embalmers, executioners who work in it and what led them there. And I just, I guess when I came across this probably last year at some point, I just thought that sounded interesting. And it's just weird that it sort of popped up now and I'm reading that. And then also today I thought, well, that's a pretty dark book that I'm reading. Mm -hmm. So I'm also starting to read 
just today, The Spoon Stealer, which oh. is one I've been, that's been on my list forever. And I'm really excited to read that one. So yeah. yeah. I hope you like it. Oh, I think I will absolutely love yeah. it. And I'll just make this prediction because you kind of talked about it a little bit, but there is a story in it about Cary Grant. And when I finish this book, I will talk about my connection to the Spoon Stealer and Cary yes. Grant in it. Yes. Yeah. So it's a pretty cool connection. So in fact, I have to reach out to the author because I'm pretty sure she stole it. <laughs> Somebody oh, else. yeah. You told me this. This is this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I will share all of that after I finish Excellent. the book. So probably our next chat. So anyway. Well, Anne, thank you so much for joining us. We are so happy to have you here and talk about some books that you've really loved. And we know that, well, I mean, I will see you more, probably more or sooner, I should say, than maybe Tara, but maybe she and I will meet up again and, yeah. uh, and, yeah. and we'll make sure it's a day when you're working. So we'll see you then. I hope so. <laughs> thank you so much. It was a good meeting. Thank you, Anne. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on our bookish journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, rating, and reviewing Canada Reads American Style wherever you listen. You can connect with the podcast and Rebecca on Instagram at Canada Reads American Style and with Tara at On a Branch Reads. Until next time, keep reading.